to Natural Health Now, the podcast about natural healing approaches for common health problems available to you from your computer through telehealth technology. Our host is clinical nutritionist and author, Monty Klein, PhD, whose natural healing practice since 1983 has served clients around the country with telehealth computerized testing for foods and environmental sensitivities, nutrient deficiencies, toxins, stressed organs and glands, compatible natural remedies, and more. Dr. Klein is the author of the Junk Food Withdrawal Manual, Vitamin Manual for the Confused, the Sick and Tired Manual, Body, Mind, and Health, and Health Dare, Eight Reasons to Try Natural Healing. With today's program, here is Dr. Klein. Welcome again to the Natural Health Now podcast. I'm Dr. Monty Klein, founder and director of Pacific Health Center and PacificHealthCenter.com and your host. This podcast is about natural healing approaches to common health problems with the goal of showing you how you can take control of your own health. So let's get to today's topic. Today we're talking about COVID facts versus hysteria. Now, the Wuhan coronavirus has been the biggest health issue of our lifetimes, at least with the attention that it's gotten and the degree to which it has affected our society. It's also a very divisive issue, opposing views on the origin, opposing views on diagnosis, opposing views on prevention, and definitely opposing views on treatment. Can we just go for the facts about COVID? Can we just get down to the facts? There are many debatable points, but there are also some definite facts. Facts that are scientifically proven. Propaganda must be rejected. Truth matters. Now, we know that if a lie is repeated enough, people will believe it. The narratives must be abandoned. It's too important an issue to politicize medicine and science. And yet that is being done every day. So let's look at some well-established, scientifically documented facts. Fact number one, COVID statistics have been grossly inflated. Let me begin by saying COVID is very real, very serious. It has killed tens of thousands of people, but only 6% of the deaths attributed to COVID were exclusively from COVID. In other words, 94% had comorbidities. People were already dying of something else. So instead of over 600,000 deaths from COVID, it's more likely under 40,000 that actually died exclusively from COVID. The others died with COVID, but not exclusively from COVID. Big difference. Now then we have issues relative to the reporting. See, if you die of anything and you tested positive for COVID, you're counted as a COVID death. Now, even if you weren't tested, but you have symptoms consistent with COVID, you're counted as a COVID death. The CDC has admitted this. Now, some examples on this in Grand County, Colorado, gunshot deaths were counted as COVID. There are also around the country have been car accident deaths that were counted as COVID because they tested positive and many other examples. This is quite ridiculous, of course. Hospitals are financially incentivized to report COVID deaths because they get more money for COVID patients. What about the testing itself? The PCR testing has skewed the number of people with the infection. 
This involves the number of cycles run. It's essentially amplifications of the test, so you keep amplifying the sample until you find some of the virus. Now most of the time they've been running upwards of 40 cycles, 40 amplifications. Now the test gets an increasing number of false positives above 17 cycles. A few months ago, the World Health Organization said run fewer cycles, 25 max, maximum. Now the reason that 80% of the positive tests are asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic is because of the way the testing's done. The testing picks up a lot of people that have this very slight and insignificant viral load, and they're not really going to get sick, not seriously sick. Then we have the fear factor. I wish this weren't true, but it's hard to separate politics from this. You get people to surrender freedom by scaring them. Now, a year and a half of COVID mitigation efforts have resulted in less individual freedom, freedom of assembly, freedom of worship, freedom of speech, freedom of petitioning the government for redress, private property rights in the Fifth Amendment, for example, other things that have been lost through this process. Now, less freedom for the individual equals more power for those in government who desire to increase their control over the population. Fact number two, masks don't help. I'm sorry, but that's just the science. This issue has been heavily studied. I have summaries of 47 studies done on transmission of upper respiratory viral infection. None of these show any significant benefit for face masks either with contracting the infection or with spreading the infection. 47 studies. Now, the most specific study done relative to COVID itself, not just respiratory viral infections in general, was the Dutch mask study done in 2020, and it showed no benefit in terms of preventing getting infected with COVID or spreading it to others. Now, there are also 32 other studies showing health problems that mask wearing causes. Hypoxia, lowered oxygen levels, hypercapnia, increased carbon dioxide levels in the body, headaches, skin reactions, oral fungal infections, increased allergies, lung contamination with mask fibers, long-term psychological effects, and more. Why don't the masks work? Well, the SARS-CoV-2 virus is spread by aerosol, not by droplets. If it were spread by droplets, the mask would help. But aerosols are very small. The virus is 1,400 times smaller than the holes in a cloth mask. And as have many people have used this illustration, it is like putting a screen door on a submarine. So why do people wear the masks anyway? Well, number one, political and health authorities tell them to, and they just don't question it. Secondly, some desire to do just something to feel more secure. Feels good to be doing something, even if it doesn't make any sense. Thirdly, it also becomes kind of a talisman, kind of a good luck charm. It's sort of like if I'm wearing this, I'm going to be protected. So almost a superstitious, a religious superstitious view that has developed with this over the past year and a half. Essentially, we're talking about some irrational behavior. 
a wholesale abandonment of common sense, and fear does that to us. Examples of this, uh, people wearing a mask in their car by themselves. You know, what do they think they're protecting from? People walking or bicycling out in the fresh air, no one remotely close wearing a mask. This is deception, and it's sad. Fact number three, the vaccines don't prevent getting or transmitting COVID. From the beginning, we were told vaccines were the answer and would prevent you from getting COVID. Lately, however, it's been interesting. Health authorities are acknowledging that, well, yes, you can still get and transmit COVID, but you'll probably avoid major symptoms. Now, of course, no real proof is offered of that. That hasn't really been studied, and it's not really provable. How do you prove something didn't happen that would have happened? That's kind of hard. Now, this same statement is made every year relative to flu shots, since a lot of flu-vaccinated people get the flu. And so they say that, well, you may get the flu, but it won't be as bad as if you didn't have the vaccine. How do they know they don't? Fact number four, the vaccinated are not endangered by the unvaccinated, even though this statement has been made over and over again particularly by the Biden regime and by President Biden himself. Simple logic, if the vaccines work, why would a vaccinated person have a concern being around an unvaccinated person? Theoretically, only the unvaccinated should be concerned with getting COVID if it really works. Now, the dirty little secret is that we're now finding the vaccines don't work, at least for very long, decreasing effectiveness after just a few months. Now, why is that? Well, because the vaccines are narrowly targeted. The virus just changes what we call mutation to slightly different form to escape the effect of the vaccine. Thus, the more vaccinations you have, the more mutations you end up producing the more variants, as they're called. If anything, the vaccinated are thus a danger to the unvaccinated by producing more and more of these variants. Fact number five, children are at zero percent risk of dying of COVID. Now, children have died at least with COVID, even if not from COVID, but there have been under 500 children under the age of 18 that have died. The number is so low, it's 0%. Most cases with these deaths of children, there are going to be comorbidities. They had cancer. They're being treated for leukemia. They have some kind of immune depression uh, disease going on. Uh, Generally, normal, healthy kids just are not affected by this at all. So there's no scientific evidence that kids spread to adults such as teachers either. There's no scientific reason for kids not to be in school, and this is basically a scam perpetuated by the teachers' unions with no factual basis whatsoever. Fact number six, the vaccines are not safe. The CDC's VAERS statistic, which stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, showed these COVID vaccines deadly beyond any vaccine ever produced. Now, it's well known that only a fraction of the vaccine reactions are actually reported to VAERS in the first place. But here are the numbers from VAERS, the government CDC website, as of September 10th, 2021. Adverse reactions to the vaccine, 701,559. Deaths after COVID vaccination, 14,925. 
urgent care visits, 80,393, doctor visits, 110,839, people permanently disabled after getting the COVID jab, 19,210. Now, normally such a vaccine would be pulled if 50 people died. That's exactly what happened in 1976 with the swine flu vaccine that produced disastrous reactions. Now, some people will look at this and say, well, we don't know that uh, those deaths were actually caused by the vaccination. Well, I'm sorry, but yes, we do. And the reason we know that is how soon after vaccination the deaths occurred. So of these almost 15,000 deaths, 2,000 of them occurred the day of the vaccination. 2,100 more occurred the first day after the vaccination, 1,000 more the second day after the vaccination, and 700 more the third day after vaccination, and then also 500 more the fourth day after the vaccination. That can't be coincidence. Fact number seven, early treatment is effective and eliminates the need for the vaccine. Now, early treatments were censored and maligned as being dangerous. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin D, N-acetyl-L-cysteine, etc. Well, why? Why did they do that? Follow the money. Vaccine manufacturers could only get an emergency use authorization for the vaccines if there were no treatments available for the condition. So they censored things so that there were, in effect, no treatments. Everything had been blacklisted, essentially, as far as early treatments. Now, many physicians doing early treatment see very, very high success rates in a few days. New York physician Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, for example, who has a specific early treatment protocol, has found 100% cured of the low-risk patients, 99.3% cured of the high-risk patients, and he's only had 2 out of 2,200 patients treated with his protocol who have died. Other frontline doctors report similar results. Now, likewise, I would add briefly that viral infections can be prevented, including this viral infection, but we'll perhaps do another episode on that. In conclusion, COVID has been messy business. The infection is bad, but it can be easily arrested with inexpensive early treatment. The politicization of medicine to serve other agendas has made it difficult, but people are waking up. The hysteria will abate. The truth, I believe, will win out. I hope today's podcast was helpful to you and your quest for better health. My goal is simply to show you a different way of approaching common health problems. Now, I publish a free weekly e-newsletter called Pacific Health Update that tackles current health topics of interest from a natural healing perspective. You can subscribe to that by going to our website, www.pacifichealthcenter.com, and clicking on the Keep Informed with Free e-newsletter button. I also offer a free 7-point health assessment phone consultation. You can schedule that on our website as well by clicking on the Start Here button. This is Dr. Monty Klein wishing you the best of health in body, mind, and spirit till our next Natural Health Now podcast.